0: Alright, everyone, welcome, I'm here with my good friend, one of my new close friends, uh, Robert Bent, come Little Robbie, young Jedi, we got so many nicknames for each other, and uh, <laughs> he's one of those guys that just sort of popped up in my life, and you know when those people come around, you're not really sure what to make of them, that's like, is he crazy, is he just like, um, really interesting guy, and the more I got to know him, I was like, fuck, this guy's so cool, so interesting, very inspiring, super smart, uh, working on a few projects together, so I'm like, you know, we got to get together, I want to share you to the world, or, you know, a couple hundred people actually listen to this podcast. Um, so, welcome, Robbie. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks for the introduction. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, so, yeah, and, and I was, I was I had this sort of epiphany the other day. You know, I was talking to my wife about how much I've changed in the last 10 years. And how I was super close to a lot of people from high school, a lot of friends. And I felt in the last four or five years I'd lost touch with them. Where I wasn't as close to them anymore. They still lived in close proximity. We'd still see each other at to of time. Like conversations were the same, we wouldn't hang out as much as we used to, and I was a little bit bummed out by it. But then I realized, and I think there's an ayahuasca ceremony, I realized that it's um, okay to, to lose touch with people, and you can still love them, but what I was really doing was making space for all these amazing new people that I really wanted in my life. So, setting intentions, I want to meet inspiring people, interesting people, people that I look up to, people that are doing amazing things in this world, and I realized like, how blessed I am because I've attracted all these amazing people, and you're one of them, so want to share that with you that I'm super inspired by everything you're doing um so thank you and I guess I'll, I'll hand it over to you to just tell a bit about your story I know you've been on a pretty interesting ride since going to business school you went to like the second best business school in Canada after
1: Shulik <laughs> right yeah yeah that's, that's what they call it oh number man two, yeah. number two <laughs> it's just number two that's referred to that's funny I didn't know Shulik was even top five no okay
0: um
1: uh, that's funny. That just before we get into that, it just reminds me of a story. So I lived around the world the last four years. So I was in, uh, you know, Germany, Mexico, and Thailand, San Francisco, Toronto, working remote for the Ethereum Foundation. It was just me and my girlfriend. So we travel, and you just have whatever you can fit in one bag of luggage. You know, so a couple shirts, a pair of shoes, pants, and, and like nothing. And so everywhere you travel, you, you can't bring anything with you. So it really forces you into this minimalistic lifestyle. What's cool is every place you go to, you're just meeting new people. And after you do this for a while, one year, two years, three years, you realize that in five to ten hangouts with somebody, you can actually become really good friends. Mm -hmm. And so this fear of like, oh, I don't see my old friends anymore, we're drifting apart, it's pretty rational because most people are like amazing. It just requires like getting to know them. And once you do this enough times, you know, 10 times, fine, 50 times, 100 times, you just realize that there's, like, amazing people and you always have friends. It's Mm -hmm. actually pretty easy to make them. It's just, like, this fear. Well, I think you have a gift and a superpower for making friends and getting people to like you. Possibly, possibly. Mm -hmm. Sure, we can talk more about that. But it's more just the idea that, like, you know, we were talking about this earlier, this fear of, like, oh, people aren't going to like me. Mm I'm not going to have friends. I have to fit in with this crew. Like, there's there's other people in the world. There's 6 billion people. There's, like, Mm -hmm. enormous amount of people to meet and so having traveled so much I realized like if you don't vibe with one person you just find the next one and there's just so much goodness out there so it's, it's really cool and it? it just plays to as you say like hey I want more people to bring in my life I'm like this vibe like they're there you mm-hmm. know no matter where you go so that just kind of kind of jumped out. And
0: how important that. do you think it is like setting that attention or like thinking about the type of people you want to be surrounded with rather than just allowing that space because there the points in my life
1: where I surrounded myself with people and I guess we're on the same vibe as me, but I guess we're really helping my situation, but I think it comes down to like what activities are you doing. And so an example we have and I'll get into it, but we have also a hot cold little mini immersion center and like a garage studio in Toronto and you know, we built this WhatsApp chat that you're in with kinda of sixty people. And we just set the it's not really setting an intention, but it's just like we're talking about, you know, intermittent fasting, cold water exposure, meditation, plant medicines, like how to be a better person. It's just if you're not interested, you're not going to tune in. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, we put it out in the group. Hey, on Friday, we're going to go to a a blind drawing session, right? It's super weird. So in the dark, a guy playing a handpan, everyone just taking crayons and expressing themselves. And they explained to you before, like, it doesn't matter what you're going to draw. It was super cool because people have ego around, like, are my drawings going to be good enough? So they make it in the dark. So you're just trying to, like, connect with emotions, go to the song and let them out. And ten people from the chat group showed up. Like, wow. what kind of... Community. Like if you go to Soul Cycle, there's not ten people from the class that like strangers that like go out after and hang. So I just find if you're doing these specific activities, they're going to self-select for people you want to be around. So then,
0: okay, so that's an interesting point. So you compare it to Soul Cycle. So Soul Cycle is definitely a community around there because people are very into the same sort of thing. So what do you think differentiates the inward community versus like a Soul Cycle? Like, why are you able to then you know connect? Is it because there's not really a face to Soul Cycle that's it's pulling it together is there like a form of leadership that needs to create a group yeah it's a like good question
1: I, I think it's like anything as it grows it's really hard to maintain community so I'm imagining the first like five soul cycles in New York when it was kind of secret you'd go every day the same people who owned it were working there we're talking to the people you develop actual friendships kind of like elemental now Like you know the breath work it's the same people coming in they're sort of becoming friends if
0: you don't know guys elemental is the best hot cold experience probably north america for sure toronto
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's number two number <laughs> two it's bond for it's bond for sure bond okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: okay. Uh, but yeah sorry i just wanted to throw that little
1: joke in there but... um yeah and so i think as something gets older it becomes more you know or, or, or scales larger it loses some of the charm and now fitness in general is harder to build community around you might go with a friend and you and your friend will talk while you warm up, you'll do the class together, you'll have coffee after, but like, you're not gonna be in there, and I think it's very rare to like turn beside you and be like, hey, where are you from? Like if someone says to me, I'm like, leave me alone, I'm trying to work together in my my groove. Whereas inward or elemental, the whole idea is like, come to this place, use the hot and cold to put you in like a socially vulnerable state of mind where you're like, you know, mood is boosted from the neuropinephrine, you're ready to talk, and there's nothing out there's no phones you're like there to converse for the most part yeah yeah and
0: I think the terminology we've been using is like you go to somewhere like soul cycle to work out mm-hmm. you come to elemental to work in yeah I like so that you go inside and you really connect with what's important your feelings your emotions you become more vulnerable you share with other people we found that, you know especially after things like <clears throat> the breathwork classes or now the immersions when you're when you're going through these experiences with a group of people for some reason you're more open to sharing you feel like you have this relationship because you're doing something that's little Bit challenging together, you're pushing yourself a little bit, but you're also the o- opportunity to share and express yourself. Whereas I feel like maybe that's the part that's missing from Soul Cycle. Like, if there was like a, a, a sharing, I don't know well, how you would share, like on a bike, you'd like, yeah, like maybe after. Because the other
1: things people don't feel comfortable to meet strangers. So, mm-hmm. one, we know like loneliness is an epidemic, it's a result of like people being addicted to their phones, not having as many face to face conversations. People are generally lonely, which leads to like sadness and disease. Mm-hmm. However, they're not really willing to Go out and talk to people because of like social anxiety for the mm-hmm. most part. A lot of people are like set with their group of friends, it's very hard for them to go and express themselves to strangers. So, I think this new, these new innovative social experiences are the future. So, like, as you mentioned, breath work, cold water immersion, there are things that don't traditionally people would use alcohol to do this mm-hmm. to reduce social anxiety and go out and, and socialize. However, alcohol is bad for you, it can lead to. You know, problems with health, and then also saying things that you don't want to. Then when you you know you kind of wake up the next day, you don't feel good. It wasn't like wow, it was a success. It's like, yeah. wow I don't want to drink again. Getting so it's a weird or bad situation. Yeah, exactly. So All I think these stuff. new you know things like breath work, I mean yoga to some degree has been around forever, but cold water immersion—they're they, really good starting points and for creating a
0: social environment mm-hmm. around that. So you're mm-hmm. doing something that's healthy rather yeah. than destructive, it's funny. I brought up a bunch of this conversation. I brought a bunch of my high school friends to have an immersion last night. Yeah. I mean, trying to get them to go for, like, two years now. Oh, that's so like, cool. And so then when they all came, like, afterwards, they're like, holy shit. Like, and this was not what I was expecting. But yeah. It was an amazing experience. And, and maybe it's just, like, their own perceptions or judgments to war. Like, they're so used to what they've been doing forever that they don't want to try anything else. So for them, it's like Friday night is, you know, drinking. Yeah. Eating out, clubbing, or maybe not clubbing so much as we get older, but... That's what they think of like their wind down. It's just about alcohol and food. Yeah. Whereas now, just maybe they just more people need to be introduced to something that's different that wasn't on their radar and allow them to open up. Cause I got them to do, like a share, like yeah man, like what you're grateful for and you know what do you want to improve this year on yourself. So it wasn't going like super deep and like what's your deepest darkest secret type thing. It was like let's just talk about something positive that you're working towards. And as it went around, like you can see them all like really listening to their other friends and like oh wow like yeah that's good. You know they're like sharing wanting to share what they're working on. So. Very interesting experiment last night.
1: So, they all said we're going to start doing this every Monday night. We'll see how, how that rolls out. I but think the funny thing is, like, they'll have this amazing experience, and then when it comes back to the Monday night before, it's like a dread. Like, before you get in the situation and you're open, your ego is like, Oh, I'm not going to want to share one with those. It's stupid. Mm-hmm. And they do it again, and it like breaks open, and it's amazing. But there's like a huge resistance mm-hmm. in between like time one and time two, and like as you get into these things, like, we had did something similar a friend hired the inward crew to do uh, a breath work and breath work at his house for his birthday and you know people are like I do pregnant it's so dumb like what do you mean what kind of experience is this going to be and like why can't we just do it and you know it was no alcohol it was like raw vegan food and everyone's just, like up in arms calling me like this is so weird and people from the party people from the party like friends getting invited you know and like it says my you. name like we're doing you know, breath they, they like, work knew. they knew me yeah. and they're like what the hell is this like why am I going to this on a Saturday night and so usually I would like do an intake with everyone and they come not because they're forced by a friend but because they like want to so it's a better it's like really easy to facilitate and in this case I was nervous like man one of these people are like aren't into it it's very hard to like change someone's mind and just like you said sure enough the share starts and even just the share it's like we share like what was the best moment of your year and how did it feel in your body? When you're in a big group, if you have people share something in their body, it, mean, it makes it easier for others to stay engaged. because like 10 people are sharing, you start to like, your mind starts to wander. So we share that and people are explaining like, the you know, one guy won the lottery for a marijuana store, making him like an instant millionaire, oh, really? And he was talking about like refreshing the page and like how he felt in his body, like, and then like seeing his name beside it and what that felt like. And you're like, wow, like life's amazing. You know, like this kind of stuff happens and then you share something you're struggling with or you want to let go and so what that does is like the first one raises the vibration of the room everyone's starting to get pumped up how good life is and then you have the exact opposite and you see everybody struggles and this simple thing sharing something bad and good you you might do with your partner a lot of people don't do this with anyone so you never have this like authentic connection and then even with this group i have not even started the like actual ceremony it's just to share people are crying like this is amazing and you're like holy shit <laughs> like so surprised that like these people who you think are so like tough uh, you know really they are lonely also they want the social yeah everybody wants social connection so like how do you what you're trying to do which I'm trying to do how do you package social connection in a new way that's cool mm-hmm. where you're like yeah I want to go to like the Soho house on Friday night except instead of around alcohol it's around like some of these other things mm-hmm. like breath work and sound meditation and you know, hot yeah. and cold, and like sweat lodges, and all this kind and of stuff. And I think stuff. more of these stuff will start popping up as people start
0: realizing. we're, we're going build to build them. Build them yeah. <laughs> Get ready for an inward slash elemental near you. Maybe it'll be like elemental, and they'll be called the Inward Lounge. Be like the <laughs> all right, man We'll just find places next door to each other. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um, okay, so tell me a bit about your story. Tell me about how you got to, you know, building a 12,000 square foot sauna house or whatever people would understand it as yeah
1: man I'll give you the full the full spiel but uh it kind of starts with a bit of history and so I grew up in a household where my parents were very much um you know eastern european raised very much like success is super important this is how you measure your life is like with money this is how you measure happiness if you have a good career and so you know my parents made me skip grade when I was younger went to university early, went to this business program, wasn't even sure that, never really thought about what I want to do, just thought, like, oh, my dad's successful, if you have money, like, people like you, I want to make money, and, you know, and, and I came from a wealthy family, was super lucky and grateful, and, you know, I was able to have some money in high school, and I had, like, nice clothes and a car, and then thought, oh, this is why people like me, because of, like, these things, mm-hmm. and so like, I want to continue this, so worked really hard in university. I uh, got a job, you know, in business school, I was like, oh, I want to be an investment banker. That's what the smartest kids are going to do. Like, I'm smart. I'm going to do this. Never really thinking about like, what does this actually entail? It's just like, well, that's where you make the most money. So went to school, did that for a couple of years uh, and like absolutely hated it. You know, here, like well. it's, you know, a hundred hours of of work each week. I would come in. Like do an all nighter, like not leave the office. Remember, like someone threw a stapler at me once. Like an actual boss, like threw a stapler at me. Like I made like a mistake and like a presentation, you know. And it's just it was such an intense environment, and everyone was mean to them. So it was just like this culture of like you're here, you're getting paid a lot of money for a 22 year old, so I can treat you however I want, you know. And then also like the job itself is just not very exciting. Like you're making these presentations to help companies raise money. You don't really care. So at the end of the day, everyone's in it for money, so it creates this pretty toxic culture. Um, so kind of left that and was like, yeah, I don't really want to do this anymore. What's the next thing I can do? It's still this idea of like making a lot of money. And so I found startups I'd always been really interested in tech. A lot of the stuff I covered at the investment bank was tech related. It's like, okay, I'm really smart. I know how to raise money now. I've been doing this, like, let's get into tech. So I found a tech co-founder in Toronto and I built this company. It was like a SIM card. You would, it was a piece of hardware on a SIM card that you would put in between your SIM card and phone. And when you travel, we know where you were going, we could send you a virtual SIM. So like, you know, you're Canadian, you go to the US, we send you an at and SIM. You're an at customer, you don't have to change your phone. When you come back, everything resets. And so we built like the operating system on the SIM card, the hardware itself, the billing platform, um, the interconnections with all the carriers. And you know, at one point had raised $25 million, wow. had met, had like 60 employees, had met with the you know, president of Skype, was like riding really high. But all this time to deal with the stress, I still was like, oh, I want to have money. And so, you know, spending all this money that I like, didn't have, like cars, and going out. And then to deal with stress, I would drink and, and you know, do a lot of drugs um, on the weekends. And I kind of disappeared and was was actually super unhappy. And so it was maybe 26, 27 at the time and just super stressed. 30 so I'm 35. 35 okay. Yeah, so this went on from when I was around 26 to I was about 30. Uh, company ended up going bankrupt, which was, like, really, really hard for me. I had to fire up 60 people who worked with me for a long time, personally lost a lot of money, lost friend and family money. I was in, like, basically, like, the lowest of the lows, like, very, very depressed. So I had this also problem. At the same time, I uh, ended a relationship, which I was, like, really upset about. I was really, um, you know, super in love with this girl, and it just didn't work out. And so I thought, hey, I'm, like, 30. I'm broke. like, living in my parents' basement. My company failed. All my friends in business school are super successful. Like, I don't even know how to go forward, you know? Like, I don't even know what to do. Like, this whole idea of, like, having money and stuff, it's just, like, it's clearly not the answer. And uh, I was, was, was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. Like, it just seems like all these things are... You know, I, like, what, do I even, what do I even do now? Like, how do I get a new job? What can I do? You know, and I just felt... A super smart kid, investment banker. Yeah, I felt I had no confidence. I felt like everything I did was like a failure. And uh like, I just wasn't... Like, I had no path. And I just... I sat in bed for a whole summer. And I didn't know what to do. And so, I, I started listening to Tim Ferriss, his podcast. Good old Tim Ferriss. And uh, I had always kind of been in meditation. I, I did my... High school thesis on meditation for like an English project, and we got everyone to meditate in the classroom. Sort of started me down this path, and so I'd always kind of read about meditation, and a few friends that were into it. So I started with uh, Headspace, just kind of getting back into it, just every day after listening to you know some of Tim Ferriss' podcasts, reading for our work week, and it sort of gave me like a base. Now at the same time, I was doing the meditation, I was still like kind of drinking here and there, um, so I wasn't like super happy with that. But it gave me, you know, it was a starting point of something to like latch on to. Mm -hmm. Then like in the morning, if I had a strong morning routine, my day would go well. So the morning routine was like meditation, turn gratitude journal. I wrote out these core values based on this book by Ray Dalio, Principles. And I was like, okay, I want to have principles in my life. So I really did a whole reset around like how I wanted to live. And then over time, like all these amazing changes started happening. So first thing I was like, okay, I want to leave Toronto and be in like a better environment. So I moved to Israel. Uh, Why Israel? Just- so I'm not Jewish, don't speak any Hebrew. I, one of our investors in my company was like, hey, we should go and start a hardware company in Israel. Can you help me like invest in, in like due diligence on these companies? So I looked at like a hundred companies. I moved to a small town on the border of like Gaza and Israel, like there was like missiles firing sometimes. It would be like alarms. And I was just like, what am I doing here? <laughs> like I'm alone. I don't know anyone. I don't speak any Hebrew. Like this is insane. It was super lonely. And I thought, you know, I'm here, like, maybe I can, like, meditation, I can, like, the next step in my life is to face my fears and to, like, just go into, like, these hard experiences and, like, pick them all and, like, do them. So, you know, I got, just before I went to Israel, I started on this path and I, like, got my skydiving license cause I'm terrified of heights. So I would go every weekend up to Toronto Skydive Center and, like, Just like, yeah, just like when the door pops open and you hear the, like, and, like, you have to climb out onto the wing of these little planes. It's not like in the movies where you jump, like, you climb out, you're holding on, you, Mm -hmm. like, let go. And I found, like, huge uh, advances in just, like, putting myself into, you know, I I was also scared of, like, wind. I learned to kite surf. That was really cool. Um, It's fun being scared of wind just scared of like uh, I guess the adrenaline and speed So ride motorcycles, motorcycle as well this was another thing it's like uh, cool. yeah like I just went really into that mode of like okay I'm gonna do things that bring me like right into the present moment and kind of got obsessed with like being in this place where I guess there's no inner critic and that was like for most people it's like that's what's hurting you right is this voice that's like you're not good enough and this is my whole life so did like, you, like were you able to abolish all of your fears so no I had, like, no i have fears for sure tons of fears but like it was just a it was a starting point of like what i call a poor value of bravery and it was just like okay look when you face your fears you can get over them and so that was like a huge turning that's point that's what
0: i always say about like nature rewards courage and spe- specifically with plant medicines like when you're afraid to climb medicine, the more you dive into that fear, the more you're rewarded. And yeah, so with so yeah. like the ice and like all yeah. these sort of things. Yeah, I yeah,
1: agree. And so I still have fears of like when I listen to you talk about plant medicine, I'm like, oh, I can never do that. And then you, oh, what you're what you me, even when you're telling me today. Uh, I was like, man, that amount is crazy. And then I started being like, why are you so scared of this? And then so it was a trigger of like, okay, like this is maybe Somebody's another. Cause I haven't. So as my life started really going a lot better, this part of me became less important. It was no longer about like Basically, facing your fear. It was like, okay, you've done that. I feel really good about myself. I like learned all this confidence from mm-hmm. that. So I moved to Israel. In Israel, I was working on this hardware company and I started like going deeper. So I did like my first Vipassana there. When I did so, vipassana is like
0: a ten day silent retreat meditation.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. I have like a you know, and it's it's you think oh you can't talk. It's more just about like it's ten hours per day, and it's like physically very demanding. And so the first one, like I think I was only sitting like, you know, I spent a lot of time in the room. It was really hard for me, but I I was going to come home over Christmas. And instead I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna spend the money on the flight. I still didn't have a lot of money at the point. And I was like, I'm gonna just stay in Israel, I'm gonna do this, and it ends on New Year's, and it's gonna be at like the start of my year, getting out of this like ten days, you know? And so I did that. Uh, when I was there, somebody had invited me uh, to try L S D. Like a few weeks later. In. Like a few weeks later. So I became friends I'll with this How did you take the ritual letter and just no, like No, so, <laughs> so yeah, it's so funny, man. You get you have these emotions, it's crazy. Like, you have these emotions come up that are so strong, but there's no attachment, there's no reason. And so, what you realize after like three days, four days, five days, like just intense anger starts arising. Mm-hmm. These are like stored traumas, they call them sankharas. They're like stored emotions in your body. And you, because there's no input and you're not thinking, you're just focused on awareness, like things start to come up vivid, vivid memories and emo- like a stale old emotion. And so like, you know, the roommate's taking a shower and he's making noise while I'm like meditating, like, who cares? And I'm in my head, like, this fucking guy, like, (laughs) he doesn't care, doesn't care about me, he's like a dickhead, like how dare he take a shower right now, you know? They're like and then uh, at the end, we, of course, become like super good friends. You talk to him the whole time. I thought he was like...
0: You were sneak a word in here and there. No, no, no man. Like I was
1: really, really like disciplined about it. You're not even... They, they, they're so intense at the start of like how they tell you. They've, like like not even that. make I Like everyone is there for their own thing. And you don't feel like, like, hey, you're like, okay, they You don't want to disturb someone mm-hmm. else's like gotcha. process uh it's not it's not even really a desire like the talking part's not challenging it's more just like sitting, this sitting are you going on. in april i am yeah so i, I, I think might go. show up like so that day up. and if there's
0: a spot then it's meant to be man it's <laughs> like steph's like are you gonna go
1: i'm like well this is what it is that's it's, yeah like, so okay. me emily and i we were we were gonna go to a consciousness uh, seminar in arizona I canceled last minute so now i'm i'm, I'm going so to like that, to that for me more. i
0: think it would be way more challenging than like unlimited amounts of ayahuasca like for me, the ayahuasca, I feel so comfortable, but like sitting with myself in silence, I don't know if I can do it.
1: I think you, so one, that's like exactly why you need to do it. That's exactly right. What I want and to. And yeah. So it's kind of like, imagine the first time you did ayahuasca and what it was like, you know, and I feel that these things kind of have the benefits start to, to slow a bit because you know it's expected. Mm-hmm. And so this is like a whole new yeah, way of I'm training. So, um, so kind of went from that. So yeah, so it's amazing. It's like, there's it's just so much there, really. Like what's one of the
0: biggest takeaways of like that first like this this these emotions oh, so he's talking about
1: these emotions that are coming up and you realize like they're not actually related to anything which makes you then think in life you're like oh you know there's a traffic jam so I'm annoyed or like I missed this payment so like, I'm angry or like my son did this and like I'm you know stressed these aren't real things like these these emotions you have they're just happening all the time mm-hmm. and so usually your brain finds a way to justify the emotion but the emotion actually happens first Sure. And you can't control the emotion. They just come up. They come and go. So just like your thoughts, like you actually have zero control. And So I can say that, and you can be like, okay, I understand how it's true, but you, when you're meditating for 10 days, you physically, like you actually experientially know so this.
0: Do you think you don't have control because it's something that's suppressed and when you let it go, then you no longer experience it anymore? No, I think
1: it's just something that's in that's just how our brains work there's mm-hmm. thoughts that's like how the mind works and so what you can do is instead of getting caught up in these thoughts and emotions is, is you this can just your interpretation them is how they're explained this it? is how it's explained so generally yeah. in meditation in general will be explained this way and so there's this sort of like if you think of it your mind has two parts there's like a watching part and then there's a, a thinking part and this is like kind of dumbed down but just just for someone to follow if they, they've never looked at this it's like you have your attention your awareness your awareness is kind of you your authentic self let's say and then your attention just goes to all these things all the time. I have to do this. I'm not good enough at that. That's not really you. If you go beyond that voice, like, who is that? Who mm-hmm. are you? Mm-hmm. You know? Like, you're not, like... I had this interesting experience,
0: again, during Ayahuasca. It was, like, a lot of my most interesting experiences. But it was, like, I was trying to, like, visualize my wife, but then destroy everything that I associate with being her. So, like, yeah. Her job, yeah. her clothes, her shoes, her body, her face... So I would just get left with, like, who is she when all that is gone. It was super challenging, but then I would get, like, this essence of Stephanie. You know what I mean? Like, it was almost like her character, and her emotions, expressions. And, like, my mind was trying to bring her face back into it. But I was trying to, like, separate the two and just, like, focus on what is she without, like, any of her it, that's so cool she it, is something you she is something that and then something I just felt is, this, is, right? this yeah. love and connection for what that is yeah. outside of what I think she is it was super interesting does that make sense?
1: totally I mean yeah. that's exactly what you're doing in this meditation it's stripping okay. away all this like, like how your brain works there's like this default mode network it controls all the other sub-segments of your brain as a result It's weaving these things into stories in your life, like Mm -hmm. every sight, sound, all these sensations you're having, you're weaving them into stories, and these stories over time create like an ego, and an Mm -hmm. ego isn't what most people think, where it's like, oh, I'm boasting, and ego is just your personality, your Mm -hmm. sense of self, which is like, I'm Geo, I'm this age, I'm this, I'm adventurous, I like plant medicine, like all those things are just arbitrary. Mm -hmm. They're not not actually you. And so meditation is just about getting into a state of hyper-awareness to realize when your mind is creating these stories, you can like let them go, and that's where peace comes from, right? It's just like letting go of those things. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that that is most powerful, and then also realizing that in the present moment, you don't really have any control over your actions, despite thinking you do. And so, like, you'll go for food, you know, and you're so in tune with you the entire time you're there. You're breathing. You're just focusing on like this little piece, the airflow hitting this, like for ten hours a day, like just. And what you realize, so let's say you go for food and you, you you're so in tune, like you can hear like the person like eating like two things down and, and you know and, and it might irritate you. And then you realize like, okay, that just irritated me in this moment, like this sound. I have no control over that, I actually have no control over this irritation. And you realize like in the present you're just kind of everything you've lived in your life has brought you to that point. You don't really have any, you know, you're just the sum of all those experiences but during meditation these other like subconscious actions let's call them like flow states where the conscious mind is shut down you can start to change your future you can start Mm -hmm. to sort of reprogram states and so what we like to teach at inward the main thing that differentiates ice bath from like you know Wim Hof method or any of these other ice is like intention and so when you shut down the conscious mind and get into flow state whether it's like art, music, exercise, meditation psychedelics, cold water anything that's going to like increase awareness you can start to reprogram state and Mm -hmm. what I mean by that is like let's say you want to be more loving like that's kind of example I generally use because I'm a pretty intense guy thinking about work like self-doubts and stuff so when I get into these states I just imagine like love love for my girlfriend for my family and like really feel it Mm -hmm. and now because I'm doing that so much it's much easier for me to connect to it naturally Mm -hmm. and so I actually believe or learn in this meditation that you can change your future results by like reprogramming state but in the in the day you wake up, like your day is set.
0: Well, I think time is not as linear as we think. And I think like like exactly if you're changing things now, it's really gonna set for the future. But I've even seen like some of the studies and in some of Joe Dispenses books, like meditating on past events and changing current like mm-hmm. like outcomes. Yeah. Some really wild stuff, like um, where they would they would have a group of advanced meditators focus on patients in a hospital that were that were suffering from like a staph infection. And it was double blind, so they didn't know like who the people were. They just had a set of, like, a list of names that they were, like, focusing on meditating on. So, what they noticed was the control group, um, no change. The ones they were meditating on got better faster, um, were much healthier. Like, all these different markers of improvement. The only thing that didn't change was the uh, the mortality rate. Wow. So, they had the same amount of mortality rate. Yeah. But then what they didn't, what they, so they disclosed the results, but then what they disclosed afterwards was that, you know, like it was—it was a really rare phenomenon for that many people to have like that infection in that hospital at that time. Yeah. What they were doing was they were meditating on people in the past. So they had already this had already happened like ten years ago. They didn't know what the outcomes were going to be, but the ones that they were focusing on, all their all their things were improved, which is kind of crazy. Which is almost like rewriting. What the do you
1: mean they were meditating on ones in the past?
0: So they randomly got like yeah. half the subset was given to one person, so yeah. no one knew what the outcomes for those people were, yeah. and no one knew what the outcomes for those people were. So they got mm-hmm. them random selected like. 500 out of 1,000. Yeah. And of the 500 that were so focused we're, on yeah, meditating, this, was in, the this, this was in the past. But they had already gone to the hospital, but the right. ones that were meditated on, those yeah. are all the ones that improved faster. Even though it was in the future. Even though they were meditating on the, in the past. Wow. That's super weird. It's super weird, yeah. Vipassana, new yeah. years, yeah. you're, you're resetting yourself, Yeah, it yeah,
1: so came back and was still like, uh, the job I ended up working on in Israel with this company was still, like, extremely risky. I still wasn't that passionate about it. I just, I don't care that much about hardware. I just went out there because I thought it was a cool challenge I needed to change. Um, Still was, like, kind of drinking here and there. Just, like, oh, this is okay. I'm young. People are going out. Like, what's the big deal? But knowing, like, it wasn't that effective for me. Mm. And so while I was there, uh, a friend of mine from school and I decided to do a plant medicine journey. And this is where things, like, really... Like really went off. So a- after the Vipassana I mentioned, somebody had offered to do LSD, LSD. and so I-, I literally drove up to like another city at five in the morning in the dark by myself. In Israel. Yeah, to meet these guys at- on a campus at a university, and we walked into the woods, took LSD. They only one of them spoke English, and we're in the alone in the woods. Like this is my first real like psychedelic experience since like you know whatever high school, and I uh, don't know what to expect. But I'm like yeah, I'm I'm gonna be down for this, and like watch the sunrise. Wow. And it was incredible. And so I spent kind of 10 hours out in the, you know, out in the woods with these people and just like with my eyes closed, looking at the trees, going for a walk. It was like, really started to feel like there's something here. I wrote this huge journal article about it and like felt just like a sense of peace for the next while. And so that kind of led me down this rabbit hole of exploration, reading, I read up a whole bunch of research papers on like the efficacy and what's happening in the brain. Mm-hmm. And then uh, came across plant medicine and thought like, okay, this, I think... This is what I want to do. So, you know, still was having struggles with this confidence from, from work and like hadn't really hit my stride of what I should be doing, what even I'm good at. And so I went to Peru with a friend of mine from business school and we did, you know, a <laughs> full like uh, kayak type thing, like 40 minutes into the Deep Amazon, out of yeah. staying in these huts that were like netted and like, you know, swimming in the Amazon, like stuff like out of a fairy tale that you never think you'd actually do. And I was again following this line of like, okay, if you're afraid, it push into it and then as since since then you know so I ended up doing the four ceremonies it was a real struggle for me I have really strong uh thought because of ADHD patterns so I'm just like very very focused but like my mind just runs and so letting go and surrendering is like so challenging for me and scary And I just had, like, three of the worst nights of my life, like, really. And the the thoughts there at this place were, like, just do more, do more, do more. The more you do, like, the better you're going to be. And so take more. And, man, just, like, feeling of, like, being bullied coming up when I was a kid, stuff I never remembered. Reasons why I would even drink in the first place. I remember being grade 8. And, like, I was trying to be cool in front of, like, maybe some high school kids. And they had a cigarette. Like, hey, why do you guys want to smoke this? And I was, like, I'll do this it's cool, like, I'm a rebel, and so I did, and then I kind of thought, like, alcohol and drugs were cool for, like, you know, throughout high school and university, and then I just realized, like, I don't think these are cool, like, why, you know, why does this matter, and, like, legit, no joke, since that time, uh, it had been fully sober, uh, so it's super powerful for me uh, in that time period when I came back, my career took off, I got an amazing job at the Ethereum Foundation, I was advising this a big crypto fund um, financially like had a lot of success and then just found my superpower of like connecting with people and kind doing sales and and, like just started feeling really good about what I could offer and and like learning and everything over the last you know three and a half years I meant my partner, I'm going to ask to marry me the next month, so maybe this doesn't go out until after that. <laughs> she knows, but, you know, I got a nice surprise proposal okay. plan, which, you know, actually helped me, but we don't need to stay on camera yet, <laughs> just in case. <laughs> you keep saying I want to say it, you keep telling me more and more. <laughs> um, it's going to, well, I don't know. You <laughs> <laughs> never know what it's going to be, so.
0: Okay, but, um, but you, missed, you missed, I think, a part of yeah. your story, which was... Um, how you use like, the hot and cold to sort of, like... Yeah, yeah, so, that, oh, so yeah, exactly. yeah. I
1: kind of came back and I decided, um, you know, instead of going back to Israel, my friend who I did the ayahuasca with was actually a major crypto investor and asked me to come on and start advising companies in his portfolio. And so I moved to San Francisco and, and Toronto and sort of back and forth and just started doing that. I met this girl um, who's now going to be my fiancé in one month. And we lived together and I'm we super happy, but she introduced me to the hot and cold and she just said, Hey, on like our second date was like, let's go to this bathhouse. I I heard about it on Tim Ferris. I was like, Yeah, okay, let's do it. So, you know, we go to this bathhouse, like no education about the health benefits, not super like cleanly or like well designed, out of the city, but like have an amazing time. Our conversations are amazing. Especially for a second date where you're like trying mm-hmm. to maybe still be funny or whatever it is and you know, we're having a tea and it's just like flowing. I'm like, wow, this is like such a cool thing to do. And then because we don't drink, we still wanted to be social and do stuff, and so we would literally go every single week for you know two and a half, three years. She introduced me to Wim Hof, so I went and did a Wim Hof ceremony that coincidentally you actually put on, and so we just got really into this like biohacking health and wellness field. You we the one in, yeah, in yeah, yeah. yeah so, you know, we kind of did this, and, and then me and her had lived in all these places, I mentioned before, and so, you know, we'd go to Germany, and there'd be a conference, and all of a sudden, a WhatsApp group would pop up with, like, 20 people to go to the bathhouse after the conference, and so we like, what's happening here, you know, and this is crazy, like, why are people loving this so much, and it's just so clear that the hot and cold produces endorphins in the brain that just make conversation, mm-hmm. you're much more present, you're much more aware... You're much more vulnerable. So, it just it's like kind of the similar thing that alcohol does, but in like a healthy way. So, it was just mm-hmm. so clear to me that like a social experience, a new social experience with like authentic connection can be built around these elements. And then the other really cool thing that happened is like, as I've said, I'm super passionate about meditation, super passionate about psychedelics, like have been continuing use of both of those, you know, once when it's needed. So, maybe one big retreat every two years, a meditation retreat every two years kind of thing. And, uh, just struggle to get people into this. And a lot of my friends are, you know, 35, they went to Ivy Business School, they're they're wealthy, they're like unhappy. You know, a lot of the families, if I'm uh, happiness and family, because I think when you have a child, you have, you're like, service becomes more natural. Mm-hmm. But for the majority of people, they're addicted to their phones. If like email wasn't bad enough, now social media is there. So mm-hmm. like your attention is captured all the time. And I just saw them, okay, like, hey, man, you know, like about the present moment. And, like, what does that mean? It just means that you're here you're Mm -hmm. focused on like hey we're having this awesome conversation we're smiling we're laughing it's good we're not thinking about other stuff you know people Mm -hmm. don't even know what that is and so I'm trying to get people into meditation like I I, I swear in four years uh, you know maybe one person I know has went and done a podcast I've given the spiel like a thousand (laughs) times like psychedelics you know I tell my parents about these things it's like oh it's drugs it's illegal you know they're not not like look John Hopkins the best one of the best universities in the world just funded 20 million dollars in research like you know, some of the smartest people are, like, the smartest people I know, the smartest engineers are all, like, pro. you know, they've mm-hmm. done a lot of the research.
0: I brought my mom, people, I, I made a documentary about it, like, I was like, I would want to share with everyone the same thing, and, and it took time for people to, in my circle, to start being, I, I guess there's a, a level of readiness when they're ready to accept it, and some people are
1: so, like... yeah, but if it's, if it's still, so even now, and it's becoming, you know, even versus three years ago, it's way more accepted, and what the trend is to increase, but... For the most part, there's still like a stigma for both of these things, like meditation doesn't have a stigma, it's just challenging, so and most people are like, nothing's happening, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. going to do this. Mm-hmm. So when I was doing the hot and cold, I realized like, this is it, like I'm in this ice bath and I'm in the present moment and you know, for those who don't know, the ice bath triples the amount of norepinephrine in the brain, it's a neurotransmitter responsible for mood, attention, vigilance, the mind becomes completely quiet. So yeah, it's like great for health, uh, like you're hearing, but it's actually the best onboarding to meditation there is mm-hmm. because you are there. You are live. You're in the present. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, this is it. This is what is going to get people into this realm. It's legal. Everyone, most, Some people are scared, sure, but everyone's like, yeah, I'll come to a sauna. Mm-hmm. You know, the sauna has the same impact. You I always like, tell people, like, the ice is optional. Just bring your shorts for the sauna or, like, just watch
0: people do it. If you want to get it, most people will get it and try it. And most people say that it was not as challenging anywhere near as scary or painful or whatever as they thought it was going to be just 1 out of 10 that like have some very challenging like maybe yeah but even those people then like but it still even, like, even more there's
1: yeah, I mean, 99% of people after are like I fucking feel, I feel amazing you know and like I have so here's this here's a thing for you like you know about following your dream kind of thing and I'll get into why I'm doing this but I I worked at, like, huge tech companies, $30 billion platform. I worked at, like, other companies, you know, doing, like, I worked at a large investment bank. Like, oh, nobody ever wants messaged message me and was like, man, what you're doing is, like, amazing. Like, not what. Never was I, like, this is, you know, Mm -hmm. so great. And now I have, like, a list of testimonials in a document. I swear to God, a hundred. Like, people messaging me on New Year's. Like, you made the biggest impact on my life this year and, like. It's insane. Like it's, it's the best so. Feeling. It's amazing. Like you can't. Right? You can't make
0: enough money for that. What people that feels get like.
1: out of the ice bath. They're crying. They're like, I just left my traumas behind. Like you know, we're doing couples things now, where couples are doing eye gazing, and connecting, and like hugging each other after. We do these like sweat lodges in the dark, where people like crawl out, out of them. Yeah, weird. man. So, but I, I just feel that this is the way to get people into the present moment, mm-hmm. and like it just for me now, my. Entire Everything I'm doing is like taking people down this funnel from like unhappy, unmindful standard person to like meditative, psychedelic warrior and like what are the steps to get here? Like what does this person have? It's like they have the ability to be in the present moment. And so like step one is like hot and cold immersion. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's like the most accessible thing. It's also great. The other problem I noticed is a lot of people go into these plant medicine experiences, one-offs. They go into this meditation retreat, one-off. They come back, they're changed for two weeks. And then, like, the habits start to slip, they're like around the their friends, yeah. exactly. And so where do you go if you've just done this? You want to be around like-minded people. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be around alcohol. You want to be around, like, the type of people that are going to raise your vibration. So we have, you know, vibration, I don't mean it in, like, a spiritual term, but just type of people who are going to be positive influences and get excited about mm-hmm. what you're excited about. So you come back and you're like, hey, I really found out on my trip that I should, you know, help others. Well, it's going to be good if you're around nine other people who are like, well, let's go do a charity yeah. event, you know? Mm. so those that 's kind of the background of like how this all started of what, why I felt the hot and cold was interesting um Why did I like doing what 's like the greater vision now there's like the specifics of like okay, well, what does the hot and cold experience look like? Because you have your experience I have mine and are like slightly different it so 's building
0: something that's totally
1: like maybe the first of its clots I, I, th- I think so man So that I gonna, about know? that yeah, we, yeah.
0: We, you know maybe Tay won't go too much into psychedelics and we can go into that forever but let's just yeah. talk a bit more about like about this new vision of this sure. legal until the psychedelics are legal what, what you're trying to create Yeah. yeah. So I it think
1: like. uh, one is like a community space and you hear community space You know, people bat that term around Mm -hmm. often. Everyone's trying to, like, create community, and for the most part, it hasn't worked. You've seen fitness classes, which have had a hard time bringing strangers into them and, like, creating actual community. Like, if you go to a fitness class, you're there for one hour, you're pressed for time, you're not likely to spend the evening there. And then there's, like, you know, kind of traditional bars, restaurants, I think people are looking for something new. If you're out at a bar, music's super loud, people are drinking, if you're at a restaurant, six people around a table, Mm -hmm. someone checks the phone every five minutes, they're not specifically present. I don't think that there's a branded space catering to this new, this new like, uh, shift, right? This new consciousness shift. And so our first thought was, hey, there's like huge demand for these bathhouses. This one, these ones, uh, just outside Toronto are super busy. As I mentioned, the experience is amazing. There's like Nordique and Scandinav, which are kind of spas. They're super busy, two month wait list. It's, um, they're all opening multiple locations. As you kind of have the spa which is, is great because it's hot and cold but it's quiet or you have these like bathhouses with no education and like kind of second tier design so we saw like a gap in the market and our first idea was to say like let's take the Soho house design and aesthetic so it's like a homey nostalgic place you want to hang out and wrap it around bathhouse mm-hmm. elements so what does that mean bathhouse elements it's you know 50 person sauna uh, large, we call it performance sauna, again what that is, a ritual sauna, which is smaller, darker, similar to uh, what a sweat lodge would be like, uh coal plunge, ice bath, superfood cafe. Oh. Um, you know, and then treatments. And then everything in the space is geared towards one, like a new social experience that you do instead of a dinner and bar, but two, uh getting into the present moment. So you kinda come to this place and there's talk about like what the present moment is. Not in a way of hey you're in the present moment, but just like notice you're not thinking. Notice you're relaxed. This is what it feels mm-hmm. like to be present. Notice the quality of your conversations with others. And so that was the first goal was kind of, you know, Soho house version of a bathhouse. As we looked into it more deeper, we got really interested in programming and are super inspired by SoulCycle. So they have legitimately an eight-week training program for the instructor. And they kind of took this concept from, you know, where spin class was just in a good life in you know, just broad daylight, and they said, let's make this a womb, let's have 40 people here in the dark, let's give our let's give our instructors full-time jobs and train them how to elevate people's consciousness, and they have, like, legitimately five segments to their classes, so mm-hmm. it's, like, you know, come in, party mode, then it's, like, hard and, like, really challenging piece where it's, like, you're pushing it, then there's, like, an emotional breakdown time to connect with your neighbor that is, like, leave feeling like a rock star, so they thought through exactly what to say hmm. at each point and train people to, like, really get this rise out of people to create this cult following and we're like holy shit let's do this in the sauna let's actually like make programming and so I've met our partners Harry and Amanda who are like world-leading trained sauna masters most people in Canada and North America don't even know what that is but in Europe they have entertainment in the sauna right and off so goose or something. off goose yeah the off goose <laughs> and so you can look at on YouTube at like AUFGUSS competitions and so it's sauna masters with like these giant towels waving them around in amazing dances, bringing the heat from the top of the room down. And then they use ice balls filled with essential oils and different aromas. So a typical set would be 15 minutes, hard, hot enough that like by the ten, last ten, five minutes, you, are, if you want to get out. But you're watching this person doing this beautiful dance. You're smelling these three different aromas that are doing something. We thought, wow, okay, this is the start of programming. And based on all our other stuff from the meditation and psychedelic realms... There's a ton of stuff that can be wrapped for the mainstream. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like you said, breathwork, sound meditation with acoustic Tibetan crystal bowls and like phones and, you know, and mm-hmm. sparklers and all these different instruments in the sauna while you're in this mode. And so we decided that it's only going to be, you know, a social bathhouse. We're actually going to have like programming slash coaching. So you're going, when you're in the sauna, the sauna master is actually explaining like why you're reducing your chance of Alzheimer's, why your heart rate's going up, mm-hmm. you know, your blood pressure's decreasing, you're actually uh, increasing your heat shock proteins, which extend lifespan. So explaining like if you come four times a week, your chance of heart disease decreases by fifty percent. So you kind of have this captive audience, and I've never seen any coaching and any bathhouse happening. And then to do that, so that, that's like the goal, right? This is like kind of like Scandinav thermal bath style elements, Soho house style design, soul cycle level programming, all wrapped into the social oh. experience. And Can't even wait. the food, we want, we're partnering with, likely partnering with Nut Bar, which is a local restaurant, developing high nutrient dense foods. So, not like a full meal, but like soups cow lattes matcha lattes yeah I love their broths.
0: stuff i about part of them as well yeah, you I mean, yeah I can eat intro to them nice
1: <laughs> yeah so but, but stuff that's going to extend your your stay another 30-45 minutes you can sit down you know having traditional Japanese tea ceremonies improve the social aspect that you've just you know you've worked hard in the hot and cold you've gotten relaxed now mm-hmm. you enjoy that relaxation with some sharing some community it's, and if you never try
0: like a, r- a true hot and cold experience like I've had comments such as I can't believe I'm not on drugs right now. Like, like the way your body feels, the way your mind feels, it's just such an experience of like, it's like deep relaxation, quiet mind, but focused, you know, like some of the people say, I'm go home and I'd watch TV. and It was like, I've never watched TV like this in my life. And I don't recommend watching TV, but they're just so <laughs> relaxed on the couch and they were able to focus like, cause their mind was clear and they were just like so into whatever they were watching, but they felt so amazing. And they were like, it was the best experience ever. And I thought like, you know, I had to do drugs to feel like that, but it's just like a really natural environment, like hot and cold. And I guess you do really some natural sort of internal drugs. Cause your body is like the most advanced chemistry lab in the universe. It can create almost anything. Like you know, you put in like food and come out with like DMT on the other end. In some some states, it figures out how to break these things down and re-put them together. So, yeah, I guess we're creating um, the right environment to create these physical transformations. The alchemists, yeah
1: there
0: okay, you go the man list. there you go so yeah so we're running a bit short on time and I, I, mean, I think this is the first of, of many future podcasts and maybe the next one we'll do it in in uh, Inward or Vine sure. or we'll do a hot and cold which hope people are talking about we can dive deeper into some of the other things I'd love to talk to you more about um, some of your business strategy and, and some of your tools and techniques and how you're like this master networker and all these other amazing skills that you have uh, but we'll save that for the next episode part sure. two with Robbie Ben. Yeah. so anything else you wanted to share um, before we sign off today or that I didn't ask you about some of the things
1: you have shared about your story and, and moving forward no I think just uh, man you're an inspiration you <laughs> know when I came back to Toronto I was looking to connect with like minded people in the community your name came up five or six times if you remember at the start he's like I wonder who this guy is I think I showed up for an ice bath and then said hey man can I can I clean this place for you I'm like trying to put together a checklist on how to like clean a similar business and you're like what are you talking about like yeah you can clean the flow tank sure man you know and I showed up with a phone taking pictures of all the cleaning products and the ta- make our task list of like how do we clean everything properly and uh since then man I just like you know I've learned so much from you okay. and I think I want to Same. give you a shout out is like in Toronto you are the OG <laughs> in this space so it's cool to see you starting to get some validation and uh, you know as
0: this thing grow I appreciate that we're just together man yeah, okay. changing the world and so are you you know every act of kindness of, of service makes a difference in the world so um, you may not think that you're just just this person but every time you do something you first of all raise your own vibration you in turn raise the vibration of the planet but you must also inspire the people around you and even if they're not acknowledging you but they're paying attention trust me and they're feeling how you're changing and eventually when they're ready they'll open up they'll ask for guidance or they'll help you on your mission as well so um, keep doing good acts believe in yourself take care of yourself do the hot and cold if you're in Toronto going gotta check out Inward and Vine which hopefully will be opening in the next 6 to 12 months um or sooner um elementals, there's more coming soon to you. And we're just gonna keep going. Like our vision is to sort of let allow as many people to have access to these spaces and these modalities as possible because there's no better feeling than helping someone transform and at the same time learning transforming ourselves. And I'll say the same thing about Robbie. You know, at first I wasn't sure what to make of him. <laughs> but since we've become great friends, I've learned a ton of amazing things from this guy just about how to be an awesome human being, how to work hard, how to take notes like, like no one's watching. you like <laughs> still don't know how you do it. Um, and and all, all of, like, the dedication to work, to being a leader in his team, and to also his community. So... If you ever get a chance, if you're in Toronto, definitely look up inward, goinward.ca. Oh, and um, is there a website for Vine yet? No. Not yet. So the new place will be up, I'm sure, by the time this gets posted. Or you episode gotta find in consciousness man. You'll find <laughs> it. All right guys, so thanks for tuning in. Um, thank you for all the likes, subscribes, comments, really appreciate being part of the community and you know where to get a hold of me if you have any questions on social media. So love you guys. Peace and uh, thank you guys for tuning in.